So I sci-fi there's sci-fi can draw the line between cheesy and gorgeous in my opinion and I believe that sci-fi done well is just absolutely amazing when you don't go past the line of absurdity um and I love sci-fi I love world setting um I mean obviously outer space is like one of the most fascinating things you could think about and it's every year we get closer and closer to being able to go up there and I feel like that part of the universe has been on people's minds for in pop culture for a long time and it captivates storytellers and artists that there are many cartoons um set in those worlds but we're not just talking about about space sci-fi we're talking about like sci-fi in general yeah but most of this is space sci-fi yeah um and so first sci-fi obviously the first season of invincible took place on earth but that's going to change season two trailer finally released ava doesn't care but I, this is my chance because I get I'm giving Ava a chance to talk about her other things. Um, season two finally released. Um, the trailer finally released two weeks ago. Uh, it's gonna come back November third, and oh my god, I can't wait. Um, obviously, I read the two volume one and two comics, so I know kind of what to expect. But this. Oh my god. To see it fully animated and with the voice actors and the action and obviously the iconic what made this show super popular was the Invincible logo um, in every episode. Oh my god, I can't wait. It's gonna be incredible. Hopefully um, that they don't take as long with their other shows this next time. But, you know, there's big names attached to this, so that's probably why it took so long. Anyways, let's get to first one. So I just started, I watched a couple episodes, and I just showed Ava a couple clips because she's never seen it before. Star Trek Below Decks. Um, it's a very, so it's drawn in the vein of Rick and Morty because Rick and Morty was really popular at the time, so they wanted to capitalize on that art style. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely, it's its own thing. It's not a Rick and Morty clone, even though it was accused of being one. Um, no, it seems really not. It seems fun, honestly. I've never been a fan of Star Trek. We grew up in a Star Wars household, so I was, yeah. like, I was like, really? But no, it seems like I'd actually enjoy it. Yeah, it's a very, it's a light adult comedy that's not super raunchy, but it has a lot of heart in the center. And it's takes place in the Star Trek universe, and it's about these uh, the main characters, these four um, peop- uh, creatures from all different species, mostly human, but they're um, experiencing working and living on this ship. And they're the reason why it's called Lower Decks is because they're the lower ranking members of the ship. So they're trying to. Yeah, go up the, the ranks. Like it's not like in the Star Trek movies where everyone's like a captain and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Every, this is like the regular people who work on Star Trek ships. Mm-hmm. 
which is an interesting premise for a cartoon. It's definitely a, a smart idea for a Star Trek adaptation um, for the new generation. But um, I, I, I love it. It's a, it's very cute. It's simple, and it's beautiful <laughs> to look at, and it's just makes you feel good. Unlike yeah, the other I enjoyed show watching the clips she sent me. It it was pretty enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, she's so cute. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's cute. It melted my heart a little bit. <laughs> Definitely because I have no like interest in Star Trek at all. So that was cool. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to keep watching more episodes because Ava convinced me to pirate them. So that's <laughs> I convinced her to pirate them. I'll watch them, honestly. You'll okay. watch it. You'll continue watching that over the show you're watching last night. Yes, because I can't handle that. It was too intense. <laughs> I was like having a heart attack. Okay, we'll get to that in a bit. Now Ava finally gets to talk. About <laughs> finally get to talk about this show. So Shira in the Princesses of Power in the Princess of Power is a sci-fi fantasy in the sense that like, I mean obviously sci-fi is fantasy, but like. It's mixed with, like, that classical fantasy elements with, like, fawns and unicorns and stuff like that. And, like, so it has, like, this whole thing. So, like, the planet that most of the show takes place on, Etheria, is, like, so there's this, (laughs) there's a lot. Okay, so there's, I just paid attention watching the show. I didn't, like, do extra research, but... (laughs) There's this stuff, there's this species called the first ones, which are like technically the first people to populate. I, I could, okay, before you keep talking, let's just say this whole episode is going to make us seem like complete nerds. Before we get into Shira, if we talked about all the Star Wars cartoons there are, we'd be here all day. So yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Star Wars cartoons generally yeah, you're good. talking way too close to your butt. Sorry. Sorry. I just don't want to sit up. Well, then don't put your mic directly in your mouth. Okay, sorry. Star Wars cartoons, generally good. We're not going to talk about them all. Okay, go. (laughs) Okay, so the first ones are the first people who populated Etheria. They created... So the whole planet is, like, like based... Has, like, all this fossilized tech that, like, is made of um, their... Like, this advanced technology that they don't have... And um, they teleported the planet away from its original galaxy to this, like, remote section of space. So there's no stars, no no <sighs> nothing. Shut <Sorry>. up. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, like, and then there's also these aliens. Okay, before, like this- okay hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. I wanted to like this show, and I just couldn't get into it. I watched suck. <laughs> I watched three episodes, and that's all I could handle. Okay, she continue. appreciated though the art style with the yes, peep character designs. <laughs> yes, it's a very nice art style. Continue. And also, so, Bo is adorable. Yes, Bo is adorable. <laughs> so, and then we have this um, species of aliens, or like they're a hive mind, basically called Thordak. And he's trying to get the first one's tech to like take over the planet. And, um, but there's this all over the planet, there's this natural magic with these crystals 
that the princesses of power get to access that have like plant magic, ice magic, like water. Um, and then uh, there's there's the black garnet too, but like we don't really get to see. That's like what it actually would do if the princess got a hold of it. And um, so it's basically like there's a lot. I of love how you've been able to talk about Shira for two minutes straight, and you haven't said either of the characters' names. <laughs> anyway, so Adora, <laughs> the main character, has access to the first one's sword, which makes her turn into Shira. And so she, which technically makes her a princess, but not, but like it's technical because only Shira is the actual princess and whatever. So anyway, you sound so, like such a dork right now. <laughs> I love this show. I love this show. If they had, okay, here's the thing. If Netflix had committed to making a movie about Shira after the show ended, they could have gotten so much traction out of that because they fucking had all the gay kids wrapped around their fingers <laughs> and they chose to let them go after season five. <laughs> anyway, Just like Disney. I went, they even had character designs for them and everything and I was so excited and then they just dropped the ball. And anyway, so... <laughs> Shira, so the first one tech in the Thordak part is like the sci-fi element, and then sometimes we get to go to space, but it's like really hard for this planet because they don't have like the technology that we access, but only the aliens can really go to space. But then it also has that, I'm going to be more brief. So then it also has that like fantasy element with like the princesses and the magic and all that stuff, but the magic is all intertwined with technology, so it's sci-fi. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm boring you, but anyway, Top it's really cool. The lore is like, when you watch it, it has like, it's like so much background information in terms of like, you have to really pay attention. I only know all this because I've watched the show like five times. Okay, hold up, hold up. So, you know, y'all, we talk about the show that will not be named today a lot. I, that's now. Sci-fi was always my shit before yeah. the show that Fantasy will not was be never a thing that I actually got cared into about. really well. Yeah, I never cared. I still barely care about fantasy. Only now I started dipping my toe into that. Both of us started dipping our toes into that world. But we grew up in a house full of Star Wars shit. So we were very sci-fi as Even kids. the Marvel universe is very sci-fi. Yeah, that too. So yeah, we were always more inclined towards superheroes and sci-fi than fantasy so only now we're starting to dip our toes into that world so as you could tell by ava's eight minute long speech about the lore of and background of shira it's not really that much <laughs> there's more i could talk about but i mean i would rather you talk about some of the characters and stuff interactions with the world because okay. this is your only chance to talk about shira because <laughs> okay. i'm not watching it okay so but like, okay, so Glimmer has access to one of the most powerful um, um, gem, um, not gems, but like crystals in all of Etheria, and she has like, but because she's like her, she's half like human, she has like neuter, like her powers are kind of neutered for the beginning. Is that of the, the cat chick? No, that's Katra. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. You she still not? Powers. You managed to not say Katra this whole time. <laughs> 
Anyway. You don't try to follow you, but it's hard. Okay. Live, I'm talking about, like, the... Anyway. Katra is not really... Like, there's not really a cat species on the planet. She's kind of, like, an alien from another planet. And, um... So, anyway, so is Adora, because she's from a different planet and got taken away by the first ones when she was a baby. It's not clear who her parents are, and I'm very annoyed by that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, so Bo is also a human. How long are these episodes? They're, like, Avatar-long episodes. Oh. But, like, there's a lot of How many seasons are there? There's, like, five seasons. Oh. <laughs> and, um... How many episodes? I don't seasons? know, like... I don't know. There's a lot, but I enjoy it. And so the main squad is Bo, Sheer, Adora, and Glimmer. So it's like, but Katra later becomes part of the gang, but that's only because right now they're having a enemies to lovers arc. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so in the show, it's. Like, you get to see, like, there's monsters, but, like, it's, like, alien-like monsters. It's not, like, you know, like, fantasy. But, because, but all the monsters in the show are, like, based on, like, the first one's tech. It's really, I, I don't know how I'm gonna, like, it's hard to explain it to you because you're not listening. I am listening. <laughs> but, like, so, um... Like, I just like how the world, like, the world is beautiful. Like, the land, the Earth, planet of Etheria is just beautiful. And you can really tell, like, the effect Thornak has on the land because of his war against the people of Etheria to, like, take over the planet of its resources. And, um, because, like, in Thordak, he's, like, it's very, like, Who's Thordak again? He's the villain. And he has, like, like Isn't his... Thordak also the name of the villain in the show that will not be named? No. No. The main dragon? No, that was um Yeah, it is Thordak, never mind. <laughs> but this is before that, Julia. This is before that. This came before that. Yeah, I know that. Anyway, so Maybe Matt stole it from Shira. Everything magic is related to the so it's you're making me confused because you made you made me lose my train of thought because like I was talking about I was talking specifically about like the world and you want me to talk about the characters and that's not part of this discussion. How is that not part of this discussion? Okay. Because the characters are in the world, but like the world is so much bigger than the characters. It's like Avatar. Then you could just say that. Then I just said that. I mean we tried we didn't go into the death of... We have two Adventure Time episodes and we still didn't go into the death, the lore of Adventure Time that much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well like, the if, thing if is, we like... we explain the elementals and the fucking comet and the butterfly shit, yeah. we here all day. Well, like, the thing is, like... So, like, Glimmer's mom is, like, this immortal being, but, like, I don't understand how she's an immortal being because everyone else is an immortal being. And then there's, like, also, like, this, this like, coven of, like, witches and wizards, and it's, like, <sighs> they live in the sky. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, there's a lot of, like, because it's, like, 
I don't know. The world is really big. It's like, how do you explain like the Avatar universe? Like, you don't. It's just like you're part. It's just you just have to accept that that's how the world works. And I feel like I've explained enough how the world works in terms of yeah. like the first ones and then Etheria. So it goes. I'm sure ones. the steer friends of the audience think you did a good job. All I know they is probably wah, think wah, you're wah, like wah, you wah. didn't explain this. You didn't talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't I because we have so much shit to go over right now. <laughs> I, all I hear is want, 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 want. Because wah. you didn't watch it, even though it's so good. Yeah, you were anyway. obsessed with that show for a while. Because it was my shit, and I was a closeted gay, and I loved it. <laughs> it was like, why do I, Why is the pairing of these two characters make me so happy? <laughs> because you're gay. <laughs> okay, let's continue. So, okay, Steven Universe has its share, fair share of sci-fi. Definitely not in the first season. Then when that shit, hand ship came down from outer space. Yeah, because the gems are all aliens, really. Yeah, and we didn't even know that. Yeah, we just thought they were just part of this Earth. Yeah, so, well, technically the only one who's from Earth is Amethyst. Yeah. That's yeah, so the whole, for those of you who don't know, Basically, the reason why the crystal gems even exist is because these aliens were abducting, were taking over planets and stripping them of their resources. And Rose Quartz didn't want that anymore. So that's why the whole crystal gems exist. (laughs) We talked about that in our our, um, our, (laughs) um, Steven Universe. I think I can't stress enough how much of a bitch she is. I watched a bit of a video about like how. Pearl is the most complex character in Steven Universe oh, because yeah, of her sure. relationship with Rose. Sure, sure, for sure. She was abused. Anyways, yeah. this is about her. This is about the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wasn't... See, why is it fair for you and not for I me? didn't say that because we can actually talk about Steven Universe and not just me listening to you. Yeah, well... Um, but yeah, so the... We really, once, like, in the later seasons, we finally get to, like, it feels like we're looking through a keyhole, and we're, at the first season, we're, in retrospect, we're, like, looking through a keyhole, and then, uh, and only, and only, we can only see a glimpse of this entire world and everything that goes yeah, on. Yeah, because they're, and we only get they're hiding, of, it, hiding it from Steven. Yeah. And we only get hints of the world outside. And then when we finally go into these big, we finally get out of Earth, and we go into these big grand scales of of planets and yeah, creatures and society and, and yeah and the caste structure of these society um i remember one of my one of the most beautiful epi- earliest episodes of steven universe was the first lapis episode when she yes, takes the, earth, the ocean from the earth and then she goes all the way up to the that's sky. just a beautiful set piece in general like i want a poster of that <laughs> yeah so like that's just like that was the first glimpses of space and like you know what between like i think like in terms of complexity per lapis is also really up there in terms of complexity yeah because she had like was abandoned she was used as a mirror into the future she was Mm -hmm. then when she finally escaped she couldn't escape when she was an elemental which was no other gem yeah, had that ability, which is awesome. And then she ended up in that abusive um, 
So basically, um, fusion is like obviously it's very heavily implied to be a very sexual thing for gems, and mm-hmm. so it's like basically rape. <laughs> I don't know if I can even say that, but it's like her and Jasper when she had to like stop Jasper by fusing with her. Mm-hmm. Like that was clearly very like a sexual assault situation. <laughs> yeah. Like and then like she and was then but like we also get to see. Yeah, we get to see through Lapis and Peridot that, like, because they are really aliens. Yeah, they're the very gems much are aliens. used to being on planet on the planet, but yeah. then the Lap Jer- no, Lapis and Peridot are very much aliens, and then Steven introduces them to all these things. And I remember the first time we went outside of Beach City, which is Ocean City, New Jersey. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, for the record. We know she's from New Jersey. <laughs> um, like he, Stephen was riding on Lapis's back and was showing her, and she, we, we went to New York, and she was yeah. like, "This place is dirty." <laughs> like, shut up! <laughs> I remember that was so crazy going outside of Beach City. Yeah, we because on. you never do that. We never did that. Um, Didn't they go to? Yeah, they call it Empire City in this. Yeah, world. they call it Empire City. Which is another name for New York. So we know you're Rebecca, you're not that clever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just crazy this whole like I love when people have such creative ideas that aren't like adaptations of things because Shira is actually an adaptation of an old eighties cartoon that um, uh-huh. Noel Stevenson adapted for Netflix. But um it's like I saw a meme one time, it was like it's like a Trojan horse and it's like um, adaptation of eighty old eighties princess show, and then like inside the Trojan horse, it's make it gay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that's exactly that's what Noel Stevenson did. But um, so like, it's cool that Rebecca Sugar had this whole world. Like, obviously, you flush it out as you can t- as you go on, but like, mm-hmm. it feels like it never. I mean, I could be wrong. There's a lot of episodes, but like, it never feels like there's like a lot of plot holes or unanswered questions, you know. Well, to be fair, we also kind of dropped off in the middle, so yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying I I don't know. That's why I'm saying like. But from what, as a casual viewer, it seemed like it was pretty fine. Though the ending is dumb, and we know that. We (laughs) talked about that. Yeah. Um. Bravest Warriors, the sci-fi alternate, <laughs> uh, the sci-fi <laughs> alternate version of Adventure Time that most of you probably don't even know about because it was a thing in early YouTube made by Channel Federator. The reason why Bravest Warriors was so iconic on YouTube was because it was the first like well animated, yeah, like high nothing- budget show, animated show on YouTube because it was before YouTube had their own originals and it was like it was like this and this is way before odd ones out and stuff like that yeah it was like high budget animation yeah federator fully made this fully voice acted yeah it backgrounds and everything like insane not flash animation it's its own story it's not just like some parody animation of something yeah and it it could just Sorry. And it, it just shows you. Okay. <laughs> well, it was like, good in the beginning. I liked it in the beginning. I mean, when what... they just decided to go off the fucking rails. Yeah, they went off the fucking rails. Um, 
it was fucking hilarious though let's let's not oh yeah let's but it was funny it. holy crap when it it, it catbug yeah catbug. no but to me so this <laughs> was created by pendleton ward even though it was made by channel federator which yeah. mostly did um nickelodeon but yeah. it just shows you how many ideas this man had for worlds and stuff when he can make an entirely different sci-fi world outside of adventure time and then only later in adventure time and through now the Fino and cake storyline we can see more sci-fi-esque worlds what was and, like um, more advanced societies what was yeah. the thing it was like all hail trundle <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was something stupid um and then there's that whole plot line with like what was the main character's name um I'm looking. he had and then like there was the like white guy was, yeah what was well, his okay. name? Well, I want to say Chris, but I want to say he was the main character. Okay. Yeah, but like, Chris. Well, anyway, Chris, he then like the older version of Chris was like this crazy old man from like <laughs> the future and he would like fuck, like mess with Chris. It was like ridiculous. <laughs> and then like, we're not even going to talk about that finale. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, the finale can just. I wish it was. I never watched it. I wish, yeah. <laughs> I wish I dropped off. Anyways. <laughs> Literally, thanks you, COVID, for making me watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Thank you. Yeah, so after the shorts era of Bravest Warriors, then they've got, then they were, um, they started making uh, full, like, 11-minute length episodes for, um, I forgot. What's the low, what's the low-ranking streaming service that (laughs) Cyanide and Happiness uses? Uh, fucking. I don't know. <laughs> okay, what? Well, it went on some sort of streaming service for low, lower known a- animation, but um. So they the these these four characters have these special um, I guess talismans of some kind. Um, and they have holographic uh, animals and they um, each have different weapons and they're basically just like running ass first into these crazy (laughs) beautiful set pieces but the story is just not there Um, it's not that surprising since he was running this at the same time as Adventure Time and this was more like a side project Yeah, but um, yeah that ending went off the fucking the story is like it doesn't really. Do, we I mean, really has, do you really want to talk about the? Plot? No, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> the story. I'm just going to say like, it was mostly like episodic, but like it had like an overarching thing. The overarching thing was getting their parents out of this universe thing. Yeah, but like, other than that, that was it. You know, like there wasn't much. There I watched was overarching the show. like. Towards the end, I just watched bits. the show for um, catalog. Yeah, towards the end, I was like, literally, I have nothing. I didn't care about on. these characters anymore. Literally, I was like, I finished watching Shira for the sixth time. Now I have nothing left to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was during COVID that we watched it. So I was yeah. like, I finished watching my shows again. I don't want to watch it again. Anyway, yeah. it was okay. We're not going to talk about the ending. Because the ending. If you want to if you wanna experience it, we're not going to talk about it. If you want to experience it, don't. Experience it. <laughs> it's not worth it. It is an experience, but it I don't is know ex- if you will enjoy it. You will not enjoy your experience. 
just watch like the first two three seasons yeah the set piece is amazing i love the sci-fi-ness of it that's why it's on this list and it's cool that like the aliens and stuff are all integrated into earth and stuff well they're not on earth they're on like mars or something but like anyway remember daniel was like abandoned by his fucking parents <laughs> fucking parents and his dumbass deadbeat people. parents the worst poor daniel daniel's poor daniel. <laughs> <laughs> i love that these characters have like normal names yeah normal ass names except for wallow else. yeah but everything else is crazy yeah. okay Dogs in space, my favorite intro song ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the kids show we unironically watch. <laughs> I love Dogs in Space so much; it's so cute. It definitely reminds me of Steven Universe, though, the yeah. art style. Um, yeah. if they made a bunch of dogs instead of people, like Dogs in Space is so interesting because it's like somewhat semi post-apocalyptic earth it's also somewhat also inspired by star trek with the whole pl- embark. Uh, space embark mission stuff yeah it's like it's a kid show but it has a lot of plot but like it's not Does too it bad <laughs> it up. has an overarching thing yeah it has an overarching it's story. still episodic it's still episodic it's still episodic <laughs> But Most of the it, charm is in the character dynamics between the dogs and the yeah and the funny and the funnies and also funnies. because it's dogs in space. So dogs. what what more could you want? I what hope more you could you it. ask? It's literally just dogs. In space. Please watch but it. It's so cool. Get the third it's cool though. Like all the different planets and stuff are really unique. Like they mm-hmm. never feel repetitive. They always feel like a different uh-huh. place. Like it's clear they put a lot of time and effort. Mm-hmm. distinguishing each planet that they go to because they pretty much go to a different planet every episode mm-hmm. so like they did a good job with that and the like embark is really cool <laughs> and the embark is really cool and like you can really tell that like a lot like they were like taking all these human like they took like the genetically modified dog concept and they made like they made sure it still felt like you know this is a dog. So they're still dogs. Like they're still gonna be like a scratching post and stuff like that. Or oh, they have like that underneath that like underground like rebel against the um, anthropomorphic. Yeah, that like society, that little underground society, thing. nudist society. Yeah, nudist society. Yeah, where they're trying it's to be a- dogs again. Yeah, that's like a whole like I sometimes I think I'm like that's like a moral qualm that the show i guess has because like yeah. it's turning brought dogs up. into anthropomorphic yeah well it's like mostly most... brought up by the character whose name i forget kira kira yeah because she yeah. hates the humans for the whole first season yeah which is fair but she gets to go back on earth and enjoy herself as a dog so mm-hmm. she has a better life than everyone else <laughs> um okay I don't Rick and Morty. It's like, yes, it has a very interesting. I'm talking about Rick and Morty, like one through three, not yeah, yeah. Rick and Morty, Morty, yeah, good because current Rick and Morty is dumb, and I don't like it. But um, yeah, in the beginning, it had a very interesting sci-fi concept with like the Citadel and like. The dimensional gun. It's like very cool. Like the like the idea of infinite universes. We're not going to talk about 
how in, now in the show it's like a weird thing with the internet whatever so anyways um, i but i just want to say like sidebar about why the hell is Futurama not on this list? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Sorry, hold up. That's a little funny. Let's change that. Why the hell is Futurama not on this list? Anyways, um, I just wanted to say because I was thinking about the first, my first time ever knowing what Rick and Morty was. It was actually on a Simpsons episode. They yeah, they did anime, a cameo had, on the they did couch a cameo gag. for the couch gag. So they crash land into the simpsons living room and they killed them so uh rick asks morty to make uh to take their dna and make copies of them and i remember just being as a middle schooler being so fascinated by like the just like the this scene of morty going through this giant like spaceship like scavenger place whatever reminded me of star wars and all that stuff and like these crazy alien stuff and then this gross like sci-fi technology and then like from the first episode there was that whole bureaucracy with the federation and like like the idea that there's like people trying to govern space even though it's like such a such a lawless land i guess you could say Mm -hmm. and then like obviously like rick Rick in his heart wants to just be the it was like one of the first like cowboys of space yeah back in the day it's like a Wild West sort of thing. And he just wants it to keep being that Wild West. Even though people want to like law it. Law, make it more of a federation. Governing. Controlling. Say, yeah, governing. And controlling it. Yeah. But the, you know, Rick brings up an interesting dichotomy about how the Ricks created their own version of the federation. And then mm-hmm. like, even though they wanted to be lawless. Mm-hmm. But whatever, it, I don't care anymore. We're not going to get <laughs> answers to any of that. Anytime. No answers to nothing because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> oh, they <laughs> did uh, release the first episodes with the new voice actors. I know, but I i mean, I heard like the new voice lines and I'm just like, okay. In my person, not that I want anyone to, never mind. I do want people to lose their job, but like only one person. <laughs> 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 We know who I want to lose their job, but I'm glad he lost his job. But the show is not what it used to be. So I, I know. mean, I know there's like them hardcore incels who like watching it and feeling smart, but like I'm not one of them. So, but like I just feel like now since we're just talking about it, like. I listened to the voice lines. It's okay. Like it's fine. They they did a better job of it in um what's the Solar other show? Opposites. Yeah, they did a better job in Solar Opposites with that. But the new I, I, I don't care. Like it's definitely hard to do that because the show is so iconic and the voice of Rick and Morty is so iconic. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's gonna be an uphill battle, but like the show is fucking, it's not, obviously it was one of the biggest shows of its time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, like, all anyone would ever talk about, like, when the new Rick and Morty season's, like, ev- analyzing everything, and yeah. now it's, like, this shell of derivative, like, they're just, like, like, they keep trying to explain to the audience that, like, we want to be episodic, but then they'd not, and then they 
trip over their own words in like the same season and it's like you made a story okay you made a story you did that you can't just back like forget you made a story like that's not well, how now, it works well, people... because now they're in a contract and they have an episode order to fill yeah but you can expand the story you don't have to make it stupid anyway I know the politics of they got like that I remember in season four they got like the 70 episode order and now it's like they're kind of stuck but like you have a story you're just an idiot you just like you just wish you didn't have a story because now you feel like you don't have anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. But whatever, that's that's neither here nor there. I don't watch it, and now I'm really not gonna watch it because of people. Um, next, less depressing. Feature. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rama, Matt Groening's attempt at sci-fi, which was very successful, I will say. Yeah, I mean, it's getting its renewed, like, fifth life on Hulu. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it's fifth incarnation on Hulu. Fifth incarnation on Hulu. Fifth I think third. it's third. Fifth or th- I'm just joking. Fourth. When I said fifth, I said. Fourth. Yeah. I think um, it's fourth. Third. Third life. Yeah. Yeah, but third. Like, third. Well, I mean, there was also movies in between two and yeah. three. No. Clearly there's always Wait. been like uh love Fox, for Futurama. Comedy Central movies. Now, four. Clearly there's always been like a love for Futurama cuz it's a like obviously like as per the name, it's just a really far in the future version of Earth with mm-hmm. like but the Galaxy premise of them hopping. being, but the premise of them being a delivery, a inter, a intergalactic delivery service is very fun because then you get to see all these new planets and stuff, and all these crazy worlds and everything. So I feel like that was a very smart um, framing device for this world. Yeah, and it keeps it from being heavy, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like they're not explorers, they're not adventurers, they're just like. FedEx. <laughs> FedEx in the future. FedEx in the future. That's yeah. <laughs> Alternate. I mean, title. but then they also they they had people with PhDs on the writing team. The reason why Futurama yeah. lasted for so long is because it also had very smart concepts, scientific and stuff that concept, could actually yeah. scientific concepts and stuff that could actually happen in real life. Yeah, if like, theoretically, black holes and stuff like that, or like the Schrodinger's time. box episode, time travel and all that mm-hmm. implications of like. Because, like, in that time travel episode, they also gave, like, introduced the audience to the theory of, of like, rebirth of the universe. Because, mm-hmm. like, in the idea that if everything dies out, what's to say that the, what caused the Big Bang couldn't happen again? And mm-hmm. then that the world restarts. And, like, that's how they get back into the present. Present. <laughs> in quotes. In quotes, yeah. because it's just like, oh, we're back to where we technically started, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but then they also have st- stupid stuff like the robot devil. Or the and fucking... Like, the, I the remember moon, when... Luna Park and the moon. <laughs> no, that was, well, that was their second I mean, episode ever. It's not stupid, it's just funny. No, but I'm saying that they had the robot devil and then, like, when they were trying to resurrect, um, what's-his-face, the actor robot... 
and it was like Calculon. You know, professor yeah Calculon and how professor farmsworth is always like science 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 but then he like performed like a satanic ritual so, like, <laughs> contradicting himself yeah that's funny and then they also had one of the most uh when people talk about emotional episodes of futurama the near death star uh episode where professor farmer's parents and like that ending like holy crap with the hologram vr i think the reason why people love futurama is because it has a lot of emotional moments like digged into the comedy like Mm -hmm. for every like five slapstick episode there's like emotional gut punch episode like Mm -hmm. i can never get over like the episodes with fry's past like those are so like like the idea that his brother became an astronaut and like no his brother's son his brother's son became because the whole plot of the episode was that he thought his brother stole his identity when he disappeared but it was actually he named his son after him yeah and then like his son was like to my uncle fry like Mm-hmm. like that was so emotional i'm like oh my god like his family never like they always looked for him like they never stopped or like the um, missing him in his life and i'm the, getting emotional thinking about it the the game of tones episode with the robot with the going back when fry got um going back into fry's memory when he got into the ice chamber thing and yeah. that, at the it ends with um, the Leela's pet bringing Fry into his mother's dream, so she can remember this moment. I know. Oh my god! I'll never. It's so beautiful, man. Like that's such a nice wish. Like what the fuck? <laughs> this is just supposed to be a slapstick, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like literally like emotional moments that hit. Like they're so. For such a world that's like so out there, mm-hmm. those are like the moments that you grab onto because they're so real, even though like it's out like crazy concepts of how those emotional moments actually happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm crying. Love death. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop yeah. before I start to cry. <laughs> So we haven't talked about Love, Death, and Robots since our 10th episode, where we ranked every single episode of Love, Death, and Robots. And as you can see, if you go back to that you can, or scroll through Netflix, you can see that there's a lot of episodes based in sci-fi. And all of them really unique from each other. Well, obviously, because it's a clip show. Yeah. I mean, well, some like of them show, are it's like a, it's like a vignettes. A, yeah, vignette show. Some of them are obviously inspired by other works. But, like, yeah. the first episode I ever saw with our dad, where it was, like, a Star Wars-esque cowboy moment, it was, like, insane. Like, he oh, was yeah. blown away by the animation. But, yeah, it was, like... There's sci-fi. a good mix of, like, sci- Like, one of the episodes straight up felt like I was watching Halo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that episode where they... Where it's, like, the fucking, like... He doesn't realize he's like in a simulation, and then when he finally wakes up, he's like in hell, kind of. Yeah. That's so fucking crazy. How did that. that's like the plot of like freaking um, what's that sh- movie? Uh, <laughs> fuck. What's the one? The Matrix. That's like the plot. Oh, of the yeah, Matrix. yeah, 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 yeah. Except when he wakes up, he's yeah, yeah. It's like the Matrix. 
Except, <laughs> except it's it's scary. <laughs> except it's scary. Set the world on fire. Set the world on yeah, Matrix is kind of scary. Um, when you're a ch- when you're a kid, it's scary. Inside um, Job, how is it not on this list? Does that count? No. Mm. Maybe there's sci-fi elements, but it's still like it's not the future. more like I wouldn't say Gravity Falls is sci-fi. Yeah. Hmm. Should it be on the list? It, I mean the the whole. I'm thing saying the sci-fi show is as in or... space, not as in like. But then why is Infinity Trade here? <laughs> because it's sci-fi and shows that make us think. The yeah. second, well, I mean, <sighs> like Inside Job has like. I mean, if thing. we're gonna put in, okay, yeah, you're right. If we're gonna put Infinity Train, then we should put it Inside Job. Yeah. Inside job. Bring there. back inside job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> I love that show too much. Yeah. So inside job, when the first time I watched it, so last night Ava experienced how I find shows. Yeah. <laughs> and I it was like I felt like I was 10 years old again and just watching cartoons in front of the right in front of the tv on the floor on saturday morning um except i was 17 and i was laughing at all the adult (laughs) (laughs) um and i fucking adore this world that they've created and yes sci-fi but also with Alex Hirsch's brand of conspiracy sci-fi yeah it's yeah it's like conspiracy sci-fi you know Cause like you like moth fan and stuff is like isn't really fantasy. It's like people think these things are real. So like yeah, it's science. You know yeah yeah quotes. <laughs> We're heavy quotes on that. But um yeah, it's definitely sci-fi because it's literally fictional beings and creations and science like, fiction that's what sci-fi the is. idea that the world is literally not on an edge but like literally just an inhabited inhabited hat for like and we'll never get an creatures. answer to the fucking order of the illuminati and shit like that yeah like that's totally sci-fi how is this not on the list Jordan? okay well now it is <laughs> <laughs> like it's such an interesting world that like all these different secret organizations that like we fantasize exist mm-hmm. exist in this world and like they're hidden in plain sight mm-hmm. <laughs> bring back his inside job <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit quieter with that bell ring yeah. it's ten- even though they're at my roommates are probably gone by now because it's Literally, like, Halloween weekend like Reagan and her father, like the definition of sci-fi technology. Like, okay, you win. It's on the list. No, I'm just explaining to like as like the show. It's like the concept is like I don't know. It's like it's very cool and the reason why idea- I didn't think about it like that is because I always think of it as like government agent stuff before I think about it as sci-fi. Well, true, but I think if you go on Netflix, like, it's classified. Shit. Yeah, probably it's classified as sci-fi. Yeah, and um, 
like and then there's like crazy concepts like the idea that the pope wants people to believe in god again and then like so they create the vat like hell in quotes underneath to like invoke a conspiracy that like hell is real you know which is crazy mm-hmm. and then you have things like the the um what's his name reagan's boyfriend ron ex. ron I, his thing. job where he like takes people's memories away and stuff it's like to like erase the conspiracy sure his name is ron stadler ron stadler oh yeah he has like a dumb name and i don't like that (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah yeah ron stadler and then um the idea like the whole thing with like how in the beginning it's sort of like a fish out of water story for um for um brett for brett yeah for brett and like how he's like this literally he got hired because his face is undetectable on monitors. <laughs> yeah. So he's like the perfect agent. Yeah. <laughs> like so it's like he's literally too normal for his own good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so like he's like introduced to this whole world. We like, are Ava, we talked about this in our inside job. So anyway, inside job, sci fi, good. <laughs> Next now to a show that you probably don't know about, and we've only found this yesterday, literally. Um, it's on uh, HBO Max called Scavenger's Reign, which... Oh my god, the show. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. <laughs> it's got like so a we've, whole... We've like... only gotten through three episodes so far. I haven't watched any more since yesterday, but... First, animation is fucking amazing. Oh my god, it's very I love unique. staring at this at everything going on. I the reason this this show inspired this episode because I absolutely adore the fact that this show so this show only takes on place so the premise of the show is that it's these people this crew or well I say the whole ship that um crash landed on this planet and now several crew members um got that separated survived. that survived got separated and now they're trying to get back to the ship so it only takes place on this one planet but we get sent months into their stranded yeah which is interesting and, to start but we get to it's only one planet but they flesh out this it's like watching Animal Planet on an alien planet. It's so fucking amazing. Yeah. I love these long takes of just staring at these creatures and how they interact with the world and their life cycle and all that shit. And the fungus is taking over, man. <laughs> the fungus is taking over. <laughs> oh my god. Like, that the whole, robot. Like, I don't back, trust Yeah, him. with the robot becoming like sentient with because the fungus. The fungus is taking over. Because the fungus is taking over. <laughs> And then there's like um, a uh, what's that zombie game thing that I really like? When you uh, the one that has the spores, Last of Us. Yeah. Then there's a Last of Us reference <laughs> with Last the fucking fungus. spores that fucking kill those people. Yeah. That almost kill that girl. We thought she died. Right. Yeah. We were like, oh, we thought you were the protagonist. <laughs> she's alive but like in that fucking 
Ugh, I never, I got the heebie-jeebies. The thing that gave me the heebie-jeebies the most so far on the show was that fucking giant tick thing. Oh, fuck yeah. Those things were terrible. So, just just picture in your minds a, a, a seal with wings, a seal with wings. and that can fly. <laughs> it has feathers. It's like a giant dragon thing. It's so fucking cool. I love it. Yeah, and these giant trees that are like hollowed down have tire ecosystems in them and this like yeah. typical alien looking thing that like mind controls think creature smaller creatures into doing things for them oh my god the show just all these creatures make the it, like the world is so alive and then we watch yeah. that trippy thing with the person with the main character one of the main characters um ursula ursula um, watching whatever the hell was going on in that <laughs> whatever <point. laughs> that was, yeah, I, have no I idea still I can't was. describe it at all. That's the point. <laughs> so trippy, um, oh. but beautiful. Yeah, that it's definitely a really like you said. And, like, oh, and when the, the world scene... feels alive outside the characters, that's how you know it's a good world. Yeah, and then the that scene where um. Ozzy is riding on the motorcycle with the bice with the horse looking things, the bison, and they're she's because she the only way to not get trampled is just to let go and 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 um feel the one, energy one with the feel herd. the energy of the herd and be one with the herd and it's when they zoom out and like show like the waves of the moving and oh my fucking god and then how all of them go into this like giant hive in the earth oh my god and the the structures and like fossils of this world is so incredible Um, yeah and they literally show you like the life cycle of some of these animals yeah unfortunately (laughs) this show is incredibly hard to watch (laughs) it is it's very stressful there's no light of brevity it's not a comedy. It's an adult show, but it's not a comedy at all. It's a complete drama. Action, stress, action, horror. drama, stress, horror genre. Ugh. It's very because, like, to watch. The, It's like if you're watching, like, like if you took um, the stressfulness of gravity. Oh, my God. Um, it's like Martian uh, gravity. Martian the show. gravity and the castaway. <laughs> and you put it together on an alien planet. To the that yeah. yeah on I an know, alien yeah. planet, you you get this show. That's like the level of stress that the show has. <laughs> yeah. Like all those stressful things in those show in those movies, that's what that is. Yeah. It's very true. If you want to watch something really cool and just kinda like disassociate if you can. No, just be a, no if you can watch this like a so if you're a sociopath and you want to watch this show, you'll have a great time. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you won't it's care a good what happens show. I just I wanted to I wanted to get into it, but like I feel like as someone who doesn't have a lot of time to watch things, I'm like I'd rather laugh sometimes than like be stressed out, you know. But as 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 an artist and someone who appreciates staring at at artwork. I, I, I feel like I like watching it for that reason, not just... And yes, it is stressful, but that's also why I like Yellow Jackets, because I'm invested. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Yellow Jackets. I never watched Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets is a horror show that I I didn't like horror, and now I have to like horror. <laughs> okay. Anyways. 
Ava finally Infinity gets train. to talk about Infinity Train. Finally. It's fine. Like, it's okay that we haven't talked about this show yet because, like, it doesn't have the Just wake me up when you get to season two. Shut up, Julia. <laughs> so, there's a lot in this show. So, basically, the titular train is, like, a pocket dimension. Oh, by the way, appears- sorry, 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 sorry. If we didn't say the name of the other show, it's called Scavenger's Rain, just so you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if we said it or not. Okay, so the titular train is a pocket dimension that appears to humans at a crossroads or in times of hell. This could be, like, your face. It's simple things, like you're facing peer pressure, you feel like your parents don't love you, your husband just died. (laughs) Simple things like that. Um, obviously Jesse's problem was way less than everyone else's, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> it's not about him. Um, so the show acts as like it's like every season there's new character, like there's new. It follows a new set of characters, with some characters carrying over into the other seasons, like one one and the the um the the gang that appears on the train. It's really interesting, the world, because, like, they address a lot of questions that you'd have, like, what if they don't want to leave the train? What if, are the denizens really that intelligent? Like, um, each car, so, like, each car is its own separate world, but, like, people and denizens can travel in between the train cars, so it can lead to, like, a lot of crossover, but most of the time people just stay in their car. If you're a denizen, but, and then there's the train numbers. Cause like the train numbers act as like this, like telling you how far you've come in your journey, but then some people don't want their numbers to go down. They don't care or they're misguided. And like they address like, cause like the main example of like someone who doesn't, who wants to fuck with the system is in the first season, the main antagonist is Amelia. And so the uh, something important about the show is that, it was originally supposed to be a one season one off, but it had enough traction that they kept it going. But in the first season, Amelia is like she takes over the train from one one who is like this benevolent robot who's actually really kind, but he just doesn't get human sometimes. But it's okay because <laughs> we forgive him because he's one. Oh, is that the bipolar alien? It's a robot. It's not Rob- an alien. I mean robot. Yes, it is bipolar. <laughs> that's the most iconic part of this show yeah one one is great but um so amelia takes over the train from one one and tulip is trying to get one one back into the train that's like her arc in the show also getting back to the human world and so amelia loses her husband in like i think like the 80s and she's like as a young woman so like they just got engaged they just got married it's really cute, their whole relationship that they show. It's actually really heartbreaking. And, like, I actually watched this when I was, like, I was probably, like, 14. I was, like, what? <laughs> this is so sad. <laughs> but, um, so, Amelia gets sent on the train because she's, like, absolutely devastated. Like, she gets on the train because, like, her friends are, like, knocking on the door because her husband died. We don't know how he died. But, um the she's so stricken with grief that like she doesn't even attend the funeral 
And so the train like lures her out of her apartment. And she gets on the train because she's like, I don't know. She just was lured to it. And um, so she wants to recreate her old life in the train using one one's technology in the train worlds. And because of that, she has like her numbers are all over her body because when you get you more numbers, the nu- see, I was about to say, explain what the when you get are. more numbers, it's like you're doing bad things. You're doing bad things. You're doing it's like a morality code, and like the lower your number is, the better you're doing. But like her numbers are just completely covering her whole body, and the last we hear of her in the show. She's doing better. Like, her number's gone way down. But, like... So, wait, she didn't escape the train? No, she hasn't so far. Or ne- we nev- we'll we never know. You're acting really. like the show is still going on. Either. No, because she was... By the time she gets, like, stops doing what she's doing and creating, like, wrecking the train by trying to create this car with her perfect world, she's, like, an old woman at this point. So, like, she doesn't have a lot of time to, like make amends for all her crap but she when we do see her in season three she's definitely doing a lot better and she's definitely making amends and atoning for what she's done and she seems to be doing well and um but yeah we don't get a conclusion to her story because it's not about her after that so um tulip is their protagonist of season one and she's a really good way to like introduce this world what are you just talking about I was talking about Amelia. Who's that? She's uh the antagonist of season one. Oh. She's just a really interesting character. So um, Tulip is a really interesting character to start our show off with because she's very inquisitive and like scientific mind. And she's voiced by the lovely Ashley Johnson. Oh, she voices both <laughs> <She's> of them? <laughs> she voices both of them? Yeah, because it's like, it helps the audience go into the next season. I guess so. So. Yeah, the only reason um, she got me to watch season two was because Ashley Johnson. <laughs> anyway, so Tula is like, her parents just got divorced and she feels abandoned because they're both like trying to like divide their time and work at the same time and she feels like um she just feels left out and abandoned and it's really like some parts are like really sad because like she has like these flashbacks where she thinks everything was fine and then she flat she gets like a clearer picture like the train forces her to see that that those memories are not fine like her parents were arguing they were fighting like you were pretending those weren't happening i feel like if this show was made now it would be have a bigger fan base yeah i feel so too but um yeah she so nothing just like she gets on the train she learns some lessons she gets off however in season during her time on the train one of the puzzles she has to solve is like this mirror car so the mirror dimension version of her escapes with Tulip's help because she feels bad that she's trapped there. And so it causes the mirror Tulip to like go off on her own 
And that's how we start. That's she becomes the protagonist of, of season two. That's why she's also voiced by Ashley Johnson. Yes, Julia. Okay. <laughs> because yes, I don't remember so, that Ava. So anyway, it's an int- season two is a, I, is one of my favorites because it, it brings up an interesting question about the Denisons and how they feel about the whole situation. Because a lot of them are just like sidekicks and companions. Can you say what Denison is for the people? Denison's in the back? are to, <laughs> it's a vocab the school the this show actually has a really advanced vocabulary, but it's like the people who live on the train. Yes. They're referred to as the denizens of the train. I'm just saying you should Got speak it. in layman's terms for the people in the back. For <laughs> the people in the back. <laughs> so anyway. Tulip or Mirror Tulip. What's her name? What she goes by she has a lot. By the end of the show, of the show they're Rain. referred to as Lake. Oh, Lake. Lake. And um, so Lake starts off the show with like an identity crisis because they don't. They're running from the Mirror Police and they don't want to reflect anyone. They don't want to erase their memories, and then they end up fulfilling the denison role anyway which is to help the people on the train get mm-hmm. off so it's like interesting because she doesn't she she's drawn to jesse because they have like a they are friends and they have a good connection but she doesn't want to do this anyway Jesse's reason know? for getting on the train is so horrible in my opinion <laughs> How for, there's for so a, many other worse things you could do in childhood. In childhood. In yeah. realistic childhood. It is easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bad. So Jesse is like this bubbly guy who has like pretends he doesn't know why he's on the train for like the beginning of the season. But um he so she and it brings up an interesting question like would can a denison leave and the answer is no but <laughs> so Miratula and jesse obviously they want to get off the train together because they they they're friends they have this connection they want to get off by the way i ship them so never mind they're not friends in my opinion see you hyped this like they were gonna be in a real relationship and i'm like they're friends by the end of it, I was Shut like, up. what do you mean? Shut They're up. like 12. I don't care. They're not. Yes, so. they are. They're not in the show. They're no, 15. they're not. They are not 15 or anything. They are under 14. Julia, shut <laughs> up. Anyway, so in the show, so they, so one one who has like, is all about logic and stuff with the train. He's like, uh, you can't escape because you're a denizen and you did a good job, so why would you want to leave anyway? And then so they trick him into reflecting Jesse's number because obviously Jesse's problem then becomes I want two of I want Lake to come with mm-hmm. me. So then they get off the train together and it's like crazy because like what does this mean for two? What does this mean for Lake? Is are they just going to be this mirror reflection person in the real world? Will they live? Yeah, like it's crazy. Like this, this basically like anomaly has bled into the real world, which is crazy. But we never address that again. <laughs> 
Season three, okay. Season two is my favorite, but season three is fucking brutal. We in this season, it's all about. So the leader of the Apex is this gang of kids who don't want to get off the train. Well, we also we see them in season two too. Yeah, we meet them in season two, but their story is in season three, and the leaders of the Apex find this kid who is designed to get her off the train. You know they can't see your so air So basically quotes. they're tricking her. Sorry. This child in quotes who is who they find and try to like bring into the apex, they're confused as to why they don't have a number. So they're like, okay, we're just going to bring you into the apex anyway. And they get separated from the rest of the apex cuz the cars Wait, can who's shift the kid? on the train. The kid's name, I forget her name. I think it's like a normal. No, but Ava, I don't know. Ava, I've never watched season three. Why is the kid doesn't have a number? Because she's not real. Well, you have to say that because she's a denizen. You're talking about. It's crazy, bro. It's when I when they did that reveal, I was like, "Fuck!" They really got her. So basically, the two leaders of the apex. One relies on being nice and caring towards the kids to actually bring them into the um, apex. And then the other one, he relies on, like, the fear of, like, I'm bigger, I'm better than you, so you better listen to me. Just like Peter Pan and, so, and um, it. <laughs> I love you looking off. What? It's that book that they made us read? Lord of the Flies. There we go. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway. But the problem that they're having is this kid has a Denison who is their friend who is like a mother, motherly protective figure. Her name is Tuba. She's a giant gorilla who's purple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Tuba... Nods and pretends so to understand. Basically... So, shut up. So, the Apex don't like the Denizens. So, they want to separate Tuba from this girl. And so, throughout the season, they're, like, bonding and stuff. And they, you know, the the leader of the Apex, is she's learning these lessons and stuff. But she doesn't want, she's, like, resisting. And the other guy, he's just, like, going further and further into his beliefs of, like, this is wrong. We should we rule the train. It's for us, but she, the other leader of the Apex is starting to understand more, and so it ends like the linchpin of this relationship happens when he kills Tuba brutally to end it, and it's a brutal scene. That so there's okay the theme part of the show is there was always a death in episode eight. But they always come back. This doesn't happen. This is episode five. And the character dies and doesn't come back. It's brutal because obviously the child is so mother... Has such a motherly attachment to this girl that it's like... Like, so hard for them. So anyway, the two leaders of the Apex split up, split up after that. Because she's like, that's too far. You can't do that. And um, and the little girl goes with the other leader of the Apex because she didn't kill Tuba. <laughs> and um, 
So then it's like um he goes off and he's like so okay so I Can what you I forgot like to mention is synthesize more sorry if you forget to if you try to go off the train there's like these beetle dog things that'll try and kill you and suck out your soul. That happens to the leader of the Apex. He dies. So two deaths in this scene. Wow. And then and then it's revealed that this girl is actually a denizen of the train and it leaves off, it leaves off on like the notion that the leader of the Apex is going to do better and get all these kids off the train that she caused to keep on the train. Like that's like her going to be her mission from now on and like right her wrongs of that. And find her way back to her own parents and stuff. Because, like, she got on the train when she was, like, eight. And now she's, like, an adult. So, like, they th- like the thing about being on the train is time still moves forward. So, people just think you're fucking missing. Oh, I thought you were, like, in a pocket dimension. Or, like, when you come no, out, you're, like, like people think age. Time still moves forward. People just People assume you're just dead. Like, when Tulev comes back, they thought she was, like, she run away from home. Anyway, season four that was a weird, is dumb. That was a weird era of Cartoon Network. I just... Because it was that and also Over the Hedge. Yeah, that it was, it was supposed to be, like, a one-off, like, over the, over the garden wall. Anyway... Season four is dumb because it doesn't answer any questions and it's the last <laughs> season and it's terrible. It, like, I understand, like, it, it introduces the concept of that people's numbers can be tied to one another. What does that mean? So these two characters that get on, they get on the train at the same time and they're best friends. That's not best fair. Friends. <laughs> and their numbers are tied to each other. So if one makes a mistake, both their numbers go up. That's dumb. Well, yeah, it's dumb, but it causes them to because what happened is they're at a crossroads in their life where one person wants to go off. He's like a musician and he wants to go off and do the band thing. And the other guy is like a more straight shot, serious person. He wants to go to college and do all this stuff. So they're at a crossroads in their lives where they're like decide to split up or go back together. And so... In the end, they decide to go back together. But their story is stupid, and the whole season is stupid, and goddamn. Okay. So that's Infinity Train. <laughs> that's Infinity Train in a nutshell. Not really, but okay. Yeah, Infinity Train is like a really complex... There's a lot of questions it's that really, happen, It's more but... like about psychology than anything. Yeah, it's a psychological experiment, really. It's like, what would a person do when placed in this situation? And that's what the show, that's why the show doesn't have a main cast because it explores those different avenues of what would happen. So, and it was too dark to be on Cartoon Network. Yeah, it got kicked off Cartoon Network. And now it lives nowhere because HBO Max kicked it off the platform. Because <laughs> HBO. So Cartoon Network produced the first two seasons and then HBO Max produced the second two seasons. And yeah. The backgrounds were always amazing though. It felt like an old classic cartoon with the paint backgrounds. Like the backgrounds are always like painted like and then the 
characters were like more 2D. And I like that. <laughs> and the music always got me. It was like very techno ethereal music. And then the intro music. Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about the the Minecraft really ambience good. and Scavenger's Rain. To me, there's like Minecraft ambience music along with when they do the shots of just observing the wildlife and the nature and stuff. Can I just do a thing? What? Infinity train questions that I don't have answers. Okay. Question one. What is one one? Question two. Why are their numbers connected to each other? Question three. How exactly did Amelia take over the train? Question four. Did Amelia die on the train? Question five. <laughs> thousand six hundred seventy-five. Um, how is Lake living in the human world? <laughs> Question six. Why does the train exist? And is it an alien thing? How does one one exist with the train? Is it a pocket dimension? Is it a wormhole? Is it a? I thought one one was is it the like an alien robot. He is the so bipolar he's robot, a, but it's isn't not explained. he a denizen? No, he's not. He's the conductor. So wouldn't that make him also a denizen? No, because he controls everything. So he's just part of the train. I don't think that's that. Yeah, but like, that deep. He's just part of the train. Yeah, but who that if he's just part of the train, who created one one? Because it seems like he's the one who created in the show. It's some. It sounds like he created Ava, this but whole plot But wasn't there that, that miss, in season two, there was that thing that put, that was gonna get rid of Lake or whatever? Yeah. So he's just part of the train. Ava, you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit in this show, because it's not like a train is actually coming around and picking people up. I know that, but like, I just want to know more about like, the mechanics of the whole thing like is it an alien abduction situation is it a pocket it's dimension? a pocket dimension shut up anyway um yeah i just have a lot of questions and they'll never be answered because season four didn't make any satisfying conclusions it just had a bunch of crazy ass cars with a bunch of nonsensical puzzles. One of them is really weird. <laughs> okay, that was enough Ava ranting about shows she really likes. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Other honorable mentions you would like to mention before? No, we, I mean, we added while we were talking, so. Okay. Is that it? My voice is tired from talking. You sound like a dork. I am a dork. I really like, when I really, when I, I don't watch a lot of things, but when I watch things, I really like them. <laughs> anyway. If you like this episode and you want to hear more, most of our episodes aren't rambling, okay? So most of our episodes are actual discussions. This just happened to be, I had a lot to say about specific shows that Julia's never watched, <laughs> so that's why. But if you like this episode, you should consider following us at Behind the Frames at, at A&J 
I'm A, she's J, and have a nice day. We are available at Apple Spotify Podcasts. <laughs> anyway. <switch> that. Bye. <laughs> Bye.